you're listening to How I See It, hosted by Han. You guessed it, that's me. I am here to motivate and inspire you with guests from all different industries and backgrounds. So get ready for personal stories of success, of growth, full of highs and lows, and of course, unapologetic realness. This is How I See It. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited. It's my birthday and it's also more importantly, one year of the podcast. I am so incredibly excited. I'm actually going to launch a new cover at the end of this week. I just did a photo shoot and it's so cool to see how much this community has grown, how much the podcast has grown. It's crazy to listen to like the first episode and now be here. And so I'm incredibly excited to not only be celebrating 27 years of life, but a year of the podcast, How I See It is officially one. So in honor of it being my birthday, my 27th, and just in honor of the podcast one year, I thought I would do a solo and just kind of walk you guys through some things that I jotted down last night that I feel that I really, really learned up until this point. These are just some things that I feel truly, truly I have worked through and realized over the last 20 something years, especially in the last, I would say five, six years of my life. Okay. So I'm just going to jump right into it. So the first one, um, was actually inspired by this question. I got asked the other day for just black denims blog post for Valentine's day. We worked together during the holidays and something that they asked me that I just, Oh my gosh, took me so long to realize is that the biggest form of self-love is doing the work. I think self-love is doing the hard work, like healing, moving past trauma, looking at our shadow parts, looking in the mirror, evaluating and calling out our toxic traits. That is the biggest form of self-love to me, working hard on ourselves in spite of fear. The commitment to stay dedicated to self-growth. It's one of the biggest forms of self-love that I've shown myself. I think self-love can be one of the hardest forms of love, but I would argue it is the most rewarding. Secondly, the hard decisions are what make the greatest impact in our life. There have been so many times that I have been scared to make a call, make the decision, move in a certain direction and the relationship and the friendship out of fear, out of how uncomfortable and difficult it may be. Eventually it all comes to a head and I've learned time and time again that the hard decisions are worth it every single time, even when they're super, super painful. I think that we are constantly given that choice in all aspects of our life over and over and over again. And I try to think of it in that way every time now that I have to do something painful and something I don't want to do to continue to move forward and continue to grow and be happy. Putting up boundaries, making hard choices, pushing yourself to places that you're scared to go. Always a hard decision, but always, always worth it. Three, God or the universe, whatever you want to refer to, will face us with the same situation over and over and over again in different ways until we fully get it and understand the lesson. A lot of times we get stuck, like me included, in the why does this keep happening to me narrative. And I think one of the biggest things I've realized through my 20s is that It's not so much that it's purposely being orchestrated in different scenarios because there's something wrong with me or because like 
I am not good enough. I think that God purposely and divinely has the same lesson shown to us in different pillars of our life and just continuously over and over again until we figure it out. And the more I've channeled repetitive situation as being almost like a mirror rather than being because of a flaw or an error in me, my personality, who I am in my value, the more confident I have felt in facing those lessons. Fourth, hurt is temporary. We are never irreparably broken. I've talked so much on the podcast about my personal journey with mental health and a huge, huge turning point for me was getting help, going to therapy. And when I was in high school, I was super, super depressed, anxious. I've talked so much about this, but really honestly hit a point where I was like very, very suicidal. And I didn't end up getting proper help until I was out of college. But I think I started to get tastes of what healing could look like and I think I always knew that like deep down that I didn't need to be in such a place of suffering and that I had the power to pull myself out. And so when I was in high school, I read this book, Perks of a Wallflower, and one of the lines in it was, we are never irreparably broken. And I think it resonated so strongly with me because I was truly broken and I felt very broken. And so I think it was like the first taste, like it inspired me. And I think I knew deep in my inner being that I was meant for more. I had the power and potential to actually be happy and okay through depression, through anxiety, through the ups and downs of life. I think one of the biggest things I've learned is that, you know, we're never irreparably broken. Five, your parents are human too. This is a big one for me. My parents listen to the podcast, so they're going to laugh when they hear this one. But I've realized recently how I just have so much more empathy for my parents. Just the fact that they raised four kids, one of them having Down syndrome. And just like the older I've gotten, the more I've realized that like my parents were just like trying to figure it out. (laughs) I grew up in a very chaotic home. It was not always the best situation at times. And I think a lot of times we idolize our parents and a lot of the resentment and anger I felt for the things I've experienced when I was younger um, have slowly gone away and they're softening. And and I think that's due to the empathy I've experienced as I've gotten older. Six, you get to pick your own narrative. Try to make it a positive one as much as possible. That's what I wrote down. On a deep level, obviously this is true. I talk a lot on the podcast about affirmations and like rewriting your thoughts and like how much that contributes to your mental health and your mental state. But I think the way I mean it in this sense is just like it makes the days easier when you just like choose to look at the bright side of things looking at the glass half full any chance I get has like changed just my mindset each day even with the small things like there is no point in hanging on to things we can't control I think like a perfect example is like when you get a ticket or when you get in like a fender bender just choosing to move past it as quickly as possible I think really does make an impact on your mindset and the rest of your day seven work allows us to live but you can't live happily without people I was hurt so deeply by people from a young age and I don't say that to like get pity but more so just to point out like a jadedness that I've always had in regard to people it's not that I don't trust people or or maybe it is I just like have a harder time letting people in and I I think I always just assumed that I couldn't rely on anybody else for support or 
honestly anything, whether it was a friend or a significant other, I think I tried to sell myself the narrative that I could handle like shit alone. The more I poured into work, the more I realized that as much as it makes me happy because I love my work, I can never be happy without like people around me that I love. And that's hard. Like when you've sold yourself for a long time that like you could be alone and do, do things alone. But I think one of the things I've learned, especially in the last five, six years is that you can't close yourself off to people forever. You can throw yourself into work as much as you want. Great. I feel so incredibly blessed to love what I do, but I think that work allows us to live and it's not our life and and you can't live happily without people. Eight, it's okay to want to change things about our looks, but it's not okay to find our value in the results of those changes. This is a big one for me. And I think I'm still working through some of this, but I have been on a journey with just working through my personal self-worth issues when it comes to beauty and the way I look and the way I'm seen. And again, I've always been very unapologetic about who I am and who I am at my core. But I think looks and physical beauty always been really difficult for me. And I think it's difficult for a lot of women. I think there's an interesting, I don't know, social media really pushes for things like body positivity, which is amazing. But I think sometimes it can make people feel bad for wanting to, you know, look a certain way or wanting to change things. And I think something I've learned specifically over the last few years is that it's okay to want to change things about our looks, but it's not okay to find our value and worth in those changes. Like I still struggle, but I think that I've found sort of a balance. I did so much work to my face this last year, (laughs) shamelessly. I've talked about it with everyone on socials. I posted it for you guys. If you're following me there, you've been on the journey. I had Mina, my injector on the podcast. Great story. You guys should definitely go listen to it. But I've just found that like, if I want to invest in myself with the hard-earned money I've made and make some tweaks that are going to make me feel more confident and make me feel better. And if I want to push myself to work out and feel good, like there's nothing wrong with that. And I think it's a very, very hard balance sometimes, but I had Jade on the podcast recently, who's another creator and very open about her beauty journey as well. And I think that if it makes you happy, don't feel bad about it. I think that social media can make people feel bad about wanting to change things. But if you feel good about it and your value is not set in it, I think it's okay. Nine, it's okay to change your mind about things. This is like a huge one actually that I've learned recently over the last couple years that I've like really, really leaned into. As we grow up, our opinions change and our knowledge widens and our experiences shape our existence. And you don't need to be stubborn and you don't need to be ashamed if you change your mind about something. You can change your mind and contradict yourself and you can change it over and over and over again. And that's okay. I think for me, like I have noticed in the last like three, four years, I have changed my mind about so many things about religion and faith and how I want to practice it. I've changed my mind on politics and policy. I've changed my mind about ways I want to work out, ways I want to live my life. I at one point went like vegan for like two weeks. I not my thing, but you know, power to you. 
you can change your mind over and over and over again and that's okay. And you don't have to feel embarrassed and you don't need to be stubborn. And I think that that is a beautiful, beautiful thing about getting older and growing up. 10. Comparison truly is the thief of all joy. Don't fall into the social media trap. As an influencer, I think I definitely am not telling you to get off socials, (laughs) please. I think it's important to remember that even the realest of the real, hopefully you view me in that category, are still not showing even close to most of their life. And I think there have been so many highs that I have shown on my social channels, so many amazing things I've done or that I'm doing. And in the background, there is always something else going on too. And you can be so incredibly real and show up so incredibly authentically online and still not be giving the full picture. This is just a reminder to not compare your life at all. Try your best not to. I think it's so incredibly hard. We always want what we can't have. We see a beautiful picture online and assume so many different things. And comparison truly is the thief of all joy. And I have found so much joy in taking time off socials and going outside and walking and not getting too consumed in the scroll. But to add to that, like I love social media, obviously I do it for a living and I think there's just like a healthy balance and maybe like a self check that needs to happen. You know, I think when you start to go on socials and notice your mood change, like note that. And that's something that I had to kind of do and do an audit of. Number 11, everyone is experiencing the same things in different ways every day all around us and no one is exempt from the human experience I talk a lot about the human experience on the podcast I get very existential about most things but I am constantly reminded of this I think that you guys can probably all resonate like you go on a walk or you're at the coffee shop and you are listening to people's conversations and I was literally walking and these two girls were talking about just the situation with their friends and how they were so worried and like, you know, that they have to let go and let her do her own thing. And just last week I was having coffee and I was listening to someone's conversation about work and how they were lost. And I think that those little moments are just constant reminders that we're all just kind of going through the same things. And I think in moments that are a bit difficult, moments where we want to kind of go a little bit victim mode with what's going on in our life, I think the best, one of the best ways to pull yourself out is reminding yourself that you know, you're not alone and we're all going through the same things. And I spent a lot of my teens and early twenties believing that I was alone. And, um, the reason the podcast is even here is because of that. I would just say that one of the biggest, biggest lessons that I've actually known this entire time, but never actually internalized and accepted is that we are not alone and we're all just going through the same things in different ways. 12. Have the hard conversation. It's that or madness in your mind. I spent a lot of my life, most of my early years, teens, early 20s, just being so incredibly confrontational in like a very unhealthy way. And I think that through a lot of therapy and work, I you know, really, really worked on myself in that way. I wouldn't describe myself in that way anymore, but I think I scared myself a little bit into becoming more avoidant and more scared of having the hard conversations out of fear of a fight or fear that someone was going to be angry at me or that there was going to be conflict. And I've learned just... (laughs) 
in the last few years that the hard conversation and having the hard conversation is so much better than the mental distress and turmoil that you are going to send yourself into if you don't. No matter the outcome, I have I've never regretted having a hard conversation. I think that we all can probably agree with that. I've only regretted not having one. And even when it's painful, I think it's always worth it. 13, vulnerability is not weakness. I have talked about this so much on the podcast. I won't even talk your ear off about it, but refer to all episodes. Vulnerability is cool. And I've gotten into this conversation in so many different ways, but I will say that one of the things that has moved me the most in regard to vulnerability and viewing it differently is this podcast. I think that the amount of people already that have been messaged me and talked about what it means to them and have come on and gotten vulnerable and shared their story. It's fucking cool. And vulnerability is cool. And that is a huge lesson from my 20s. Okay, 14. Be a cool girl, but make sure you know what cool actually means. It's cool to care. It's fucking cool to care. And it's not cool to pretend you don't period. We, especially as women, I think men too, like in different ways, I can't speak for the male experience, but women is like are definitely encouraged to just be the cool girls when it comes to relationships, when it comes to their feelings, our feelings and emotions are put down so much that I think we convince ourselves as women that it's like uncool to care and it's uncool to show emotion. It is cool to care. It is very cool to care. And that's like a huge one for me that I am like carrying with me into the rest of my 20s and on. 15, listen more than you speak. I have repeated this on the podcast before, but I'm not perfect. I fuck this up a lot. But if you can absorb and process more than you react, you will live a happier and more peaceful life. This doesn't mean people please. This means really just listen and hear people. I have found that I jump to conclusions a lot, a lot, a lot. And if I would have listened more in the past, in relationships, in arguments, in jobs, in literally all aspects of my life, I would have saved myself a lot of stress and conflict. I think a lot of times we don't listen when people are talking, when people are upset. Just listen more. Okay. Next one, 16, don't be scared of your toxic traits. Just get them under control. We all have toxic traits. We all have red flags. We are human and we have control over the behaviors we exercise. I went through a big period of shame when it came to my own toxic traits. I started therapy right after college. It was amazing. I mean, again, this is your sign. If you have never experienced therapy, you haven't gone to therapy, go. It is amazing. You don't have to be super fucked up to go to therapy. (laughs) Everybody should go to therapy. It's amazing. But there was a period after I had done like a lot of work where, and I'm sure a lot of you could speak to this who've been in therapy, where you kind of have like a moment of self-reflection and awareness where you start to like think back to all the different scenarios where you just did not act appropriately, did not act accordingly. I fucked up so much with so many different people. There were so many moments that I started to look back on and like really just started to feel ashamed of. I think I really, really worked through a lot of this shame and I think it's very normal to feel it. But it kind of like hit me when like two years ago, I was at a bar sitting at the bar, got a tap on the shoulder to pass someone a menu and I turned and it was my ex-boyfriend 
like my first boyfriend ever when I was in high school through the beginning of college and immediately just so triggered, not because of him, but because of me, I was like so incredibly ashamed of the person he thought I was, or like the view he had of me in his head, because, you know, I'd grown so much since we were dating, but I just, I had this moment where I was like so ashamed and embarrassed and I went home and I really just like sat with it and spiraled. And I just had this realization, you know, and I I think hopefully if you're feeling this way or have felt this way, you can resonate and, you know, feel a little bit better about your journey. But I think there's like a beauty in that. And I think you just have to make a choice to acknowledge the past, acknowledge the things you've done and continue to move forward and acknowledge the toxic traits that still exist and the things you grapple with and the things we struggle with and are triggered with and, you know, make a choice to do better. You know, being proud of myself is like another thing that I've learned to do through the mid 20s. And I think that it's human and normal to have toxic traits. And again, it's just our ability to keep them under control and heal and move past them. 17. It's okay to not agree with people, especially your loved ones. Um, whether it's family, friends, significant others, you do not have to have the same opinions. I don't know if it was, I mean, it was definitely the way I was raised and just the environment of chaos and high cortisol that I was raised in. But like, you do not have to be right. You don't have to prove to someone you're right. You don't have to even be right. It's not about being right. And I think I struggled with this for a really long time. You don't have to come to the same conclusions as people, but You do have to respect their side. And the beauty of relationships is being able to disagree and being able to have like intelligent conversations about things. And that's what has made me smarter, being able to open my mind to other people's opinions, shift mine, change mine, open other people's eyes to maybe different sides they didn't see. Like there is a beauty in disagreement. And I think that I spent too many years. It's it's not necessary. 18. Coming off of that one, disagreements are normal. Yelling, screaming, disrespecting is not. I became less scared of disagreements once I realized that they didn't have to be so scary, (laughs) deregulating and traumatic. So as we used to say, keep calm and carry on. Um, 19. It's important to care about your loved one's lives. It's not your job to shame them for their decisions or let their decisions impede on your mental space. I talked about this in my things I've realized last year episode at the start of this year, but this was a huge one for me. I just care so deeply about the people in my life. I'm sure we all do, um, but I really let people's shit get to me. Like I just want to control everything. I'm a control freak. Letting people make their own decisions, fight their own battles, work through their own shit is the best decision you can make. And I really learned this the hard way, especially in my early 20s. My best friend from high school, Karina, we've been best friends for almost a decade now. And I have always been this way with family, friends, and I have a lot of people in my life too who really struggle with this. It can be incredibly difficult to let go and not try to control or protect the people we love, but um, it ends up inevitably pushing them away. And so I learned this the hard way with Karina. She was dating someone at the time and I just like, for lack of a better word, just hated them. (laughs) Um, Didn't think they were right for her. And I just like would not let her not hear it. 
and I just did it out of love. I cared so much about her. I wanted to protect her. Um, I wanted her to be with someone else. Um, I wanted her to know she deserved better. And I just inevitably ended up pushing her away. And we actually like didn't speak for like three or four months. And we've talked this out. Obviously, this is a part of our story, but like a huge part of it was my fault. And I think it was because I was trying so hard to control the situation and make the decision I thought was best that I ended up just pushing her away. And the reality is that, you know, it's not our circus, not our monkey. We can love our monkeys, but it is not our circus. And there's a difference between not caring and letting go. And I think you can care about people and care about your family and your friends and your relationships and, you know, have a healthy boundary. 20. We're almost there, you guys. This is going to be like a random beauty spitfire. We're going to take a break from the deepness. And I'm just going to hit you with some beauty things that I've learned that everyone needs to know. SPF matters. And it makes an incredible difference. Get a medical grade sunscreen now. Supplements are a must, not just to support your physical health, but your mental health. I have a code at JS Health. I have a code with WellBell. Amazing supplements. I work with Symbiotica. All amazing, amazing brands that I would never, ever support or partner with if I didn't believe in them. Get on a supplement routine. Tanologist self-tanner is better than St. Tropez because of the smell. Both amazing brands, both beautiful colors. I'm a self-tanning person, so this is going to only hit where it hits. Like the girls that get it, get it. I'll say it again. Tanologist is better than St. Tropez because of the smell. Period. You don't need to wear liquid eyeliner every day. This is just my personal opinion based on old photos of myself. To that point, experiment with makeup looks. Not everything looks good on everyone. For instance, like heavier, like face makeup actually looks good on me and my face, but heavier eye makeup on me does not look good. Experiment with makeup, experiment with different looks. We have so much access to so many cool tutorials, like experiment. Ice rolling, sculpting with a gua sha, facial sculpting with new face tools in general, genuinely changes the shape of your face. I cannot stress this enough. If you want to have a more sculpted face, if you want to look lifted, if you want to look sculpted without getting any filler or Botox, get on a facial sculpting morning routine and night routine. Ice roller, gua sha, new face tools. DM me. I will send you a link. They are amazing. Botox and filler, like I said, I love. It's amazing if done right by someone you trust, which is key because you will start to not see yourself clearly and you need someone who will tell you no. You can cheap out on a cleanser and moisturizer, but you shouldn't cheap out on a serum or retinol ever. Those are my beauty tips, my beauty spitfire tips for you guys. That was like a multifaceted number 20. Okay, 21. Do not spend more money than you're making, but don't feel ashamed for past financial irresponsibility. I... I have fucked this up so many times. I have been in so much debt at one point. I spent and spent and spent in my late teens and early 20s. Don't spend more money than you're making. Just don't. But if you do, just learn. Live and learn and don't feel ashamed about it. I think that financial shame is really, really hard, especially in your twenties. Like we all are just trying to figure it out. And I had Shay on the podcast. She is in business finance, personal finance, go listen to the episode. She does a great job of talking about financial shame, but 
just do not spend more money than you're making. I did for so long and, you know, not smart (laughs) at all. But again, I just want to stress we make mistakes and it's usually okay if we don't make the same mistakes more than once or twice. 22, don't be scared of a number when it comes to sizing. Clothes that fit are more flattering. Oh, this is such a hard one. I know for so many women, body stuff has always been hard for me. Always. I have always been so insecure. And because of it, I used to try to fit into things that were so unflattering on me. And I was so scared of the word medium or large. I would purchase things that didn't even make sense at five foot seven. And I own small, I own large, I own size 26, I own size 30. Men's, women's, I have it all. And wear what makes you feel comfortable usually clothes that fit or in my opinion a little bit baggier look the most flattering and size is just a number the body stuff is hard especially for women this is something we all I think struggle with and yeah don't be scared of a number get what fits you 23 saying sorry goes a long way people just want to feel seen and they want to feel heard and they want to feel validated Going back to arguments and disagreements, I realized that a lot of times I was pissed in my friendships and relationships, and it really wasn't because of the actual issue at hand, but it was because I didn't feel like the arguments were handled correctly. I felt they weren't handled, you know, respectfully. And we all just want to be validated. We all just want to be heard. And I started to realize that when I took ownership in my relationships and they replicated that same behavior to me. So what I mean by that is the moment I started listening to people, like I talked about earlier and actually owning up to the things that they were upset at me about, or maybe they just were talking to me about their feelings. And the moment I validated those feelings, I started to notice that the moment I started doing those things to people, they started doing them back to me. They started validating me. They started apologizing to me. I think that apologies are a lot on the human ego. And when you show someone that you're willing to put down your ego, they are usually willing to do the same for you. 24, healing doesn't just come from the obvious therapy, experiences, working through your trauma, rewriting narratives, all of those things are amazing. But healing doesn't just come from those things. It can come from reading. A lot of my journey started in therapy, then self-reflection, then exercising, you know, the things that weren't my normal reactions and trying to rewrite narratives and rewrite reactions, rewrite the things I choose to say, things to do, how I handle situations. But I found that I was pushed the most, like kind of after the therapy, therapy honeymoon, I call it like the therapy high. After that, I felt the ways I was pushed the most besides like new experiences were through the books I was reading. Read as much as you can. Fiction, nonfiction, all different genres. Perspective is what really allows shifts in our thoughts and books are essentially perspectives. 25. You have to stay grounded and regulated in the lows, but also the highs. Both are extremes and neither should dictate your mental space too positively or too negatively. I have learned this the hard way in every pillar of my life. For instance, when I sign a huge deal now, I try not to get too overly excited or if I have like a really good work month. I always like, of course, channel gratitude, take a moment to be proud of myself, but I don't get overly excited because it's a high extreme, like same goes for the lows. 
entrepreneurship is a roller coaster and I'm working on like being able to like self-regulate in the low moments as well. And I think when you regulate in the highs too, it helps with that balance. So finding joy in the journey. My dad came on the podcast last week. Definitely listen to the episode. It was kind of fun, but finding joy in the journey is something he talked about rather than the destination. And I think it's a cliche for a reason, trying to find joy in, you know, the work and the journey and the highs and the lows really helps. And I think when you try to stay regulated in, you know, the highs and lows and try your best to find more joy in the mundanities, I think that's the sweet spot. 26, we're getting to the end, you guys. You can't force people to step up for you, even when their potential to do so seems so incredibly clear. This is true in dating, friendships, and family relations. And I have experienced it in each one of those pillars um, many times over the years. It's one of the hardest surrenders, in my opinion. And sometimes letting go of a person or a relationship is necessary. Uh, which sucks. But I've realized the alternative is even suckier. If you're doing the heavy lifting for someone else, um, I did this in my past relationship and I've done it in my family relationships. I've even done it in friendships. It's inevitably never going to work out. The emotional effort ends up just not being equal and it ends up being very, very frustrating. You can't force someone to show up for themselves and show up for you. And sometimes it ends up working out in the way you want it to. And sometimes it doesn't. You can't force someone to do the work. You can show them and they have to choose whether or not they want to match your energy. And I've learned this lesson the hard way over and over and over again. And I think that making the hard decisions again, like going back to that one, you have to choose yourself every single time. You know, we all deserve healing. We all deserve to break from our patterns and, you know, experience our highest self. But that isn't an individual choice and you can't make that choice for someone else. Okay, last one, you guys, 27. There are probably so many more. So many more that I could write down, but these were the ones like I'll trust that these ones came to me for a reason, but living unapologetically and aligned with our conscience truly in our authentic self is one of the biggest ways we can find mental peace. The moment that I aligned with my true self, my true passions, my true thoughts, my true needs. I put my mental peace first. I said no to the things that I didn't want to do. I said yes to the things that I wanted. I said no to the relationships that were making me feel horrible and yes to the ones that made me feel lifted and elevated was the moment that I experienced the most peace. It is not perfect and dandy and daisies all the time, but The moment that I truly felt peace for the first time through my battle with depression and anxiety and intense negative thoughts was the moment that I started to dedicate time into pursuing healing and pursuing healing, in my opinion, is aligning with your true and authentic self wants, needs and loves and putting trauma and triggers and the things that we've sold ourselves aside. And don't get me wrong, living unapologetically is hard. It's incredibly hard. Um, and again, I'm not perfect. I not even close, but I've realized that the moment I compromise the things I want, the things that I feel, I break boundaries. I don't 
stick to routines that I know make me feel good, those are the moments that I start to feel distressed, anxiety, depression, and the moments that I feel most alive and most aligned and most at peace mentally are when I'm just being my unapologetic, aligned, authentic self. So yeah, that is my long list of 27 things. I know this is like kind of close to the episode I did after New Year's, but I really wanted to do this not only for you guys, but for myself. I think it's important to do like a little audit on your birthday. And this one was big for me. I'm officially entering the late 20s. I feel 40 inside, (laughs) but I... I'm so excited for this next year of my life and I feel so blessed um, and grateful for not only you guys and this community, but for the work I've put in. I'm really proud and my greatest hope and desire is that if you're listening and you're here, I'm assuming that you care about, you know, doing the work and your mental health and being better and constantly pushing yourself. And my greatest hope is that this podcast inspires you to do that and, and, you know, makes you feel less alone. And I think, again, like we're all just living the same experiences and different kinds of trauma, but ultimately dealing with the same things and you're not alone in that. So thank you so much for being here, for being um, a podcast listener. I can't believe it's been a year. I, I'm just so happy. So thank you so much. Peep the new podcast cover next uh, week. This is officially the last episode of season one and season two is starting next week and I am so fucking excited. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode and I hope you leave here feeling motivated and inspired. Do not forget to rate and review the pod on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And don't forget to follow How I See It Pod so you can keep up with podcast updates and see who's coming on next. And if you're not already, come join the fam and follow at How Hand Sees It. Thank you guys.